Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Cycle Podcast. On today's show, I chat with Elva, our new show called Across the Pond, and we talk about a bunch of random things, but then we also chat about how to speak to your doctor um, when you have endometriosis. I hope you find this episode helpful. Thank you again so much for listening in. And I'm working very hard as I talk about in this show to change up the ad sets. I did join a new group called Offscript Media, which is a platform, media platform for podcasts. And this one's specific for patient advocates. And I know there's been a lot more advertising and some of, some of them that feel like they might not fit with the show. So. I'm working on that very diligently. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your patience. And I appreciate you being here. I hope you're feeling well and off to the show. Hello, Elva. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good to talk to you again. Good. Welcome back to the show. I mean, now that you're a mainstay here and I hope everyone listening has enjoyed our across the pond show and we are back. We are. We're back, back again, back for the summer, back for the summer. Um, we were just chatting a little pre-show chat about the weather and how it's a beautiful day in Ireland, which sounds like doesn't happen very often. It does. It happens more than we realize. We just like to make a really big thing about it when it does happen. And we also like to really lament it when it's gone. So it's really, well, it's hot here now for us. It's like 20, early 20s in the Celsius. Um, and so everyone's walking around half naked and giving out about how hot it is and we can't sleep at night. And then when it rains in a few days, we'll all give out about the fact that we want to move and um, we wish it was sunny but we we should celebrate it no it's it's really nice it's it's good and it's good to kind of be outside more after months inside but you've got stuffy sticky weather very very hot in Michigan hot and humid and uh, I've been having to like walk super early in the morning or really late at night or even just like miss my walks which is a bummer I love having my windows open and the doors open and not using air conditioning aka aircon as you call it which apparently in Ireland nobody has no, unless you are, I don't know, well, like big buildings will have it. So my workplace, my office and, you know, restaurants and anywhere that I suppose needs it to regu- properly regulate temperature, but houses don't. Some people will. If you're really rich or you love tech, like I know, I, I do know someone who has it and like they, they just spent so long and so much money putting it in and they'll use it two, three times a year. What about like a window unit? Like, will people have a, a window unit? Oh, is that that weird thing that's built into the windows? When it's you're like a box. Yeah. So <laughs> does that just, window. that just sucks the air from the outside in, but does it cool? No, it, it cools. Cool. No, it cool. It's for like a room only typically. And then you can close the door and it has whatever in it to make it cold. And then Ooh. puts things out the window that could be good here temperate no I think the equivalent here would be trying to convince your other half to stand at the window with the fan (laughs) fanning the 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 air in now we just don't we don't have and also then our houses are built we're brick built houses mostly and so they tend to actually stay quite they do stay probably a bit cooler I think in in my experience out in the states they they tend to stay cooler here but you know because we need to to stay warm in the winter but 
we're anyway we're basking in some sunshine and it is nice and I think it makes everybody just feel a bit better doesn't it it's uh, the sun is so healing and so nice to have and also there's kind of something special coming up this weekend and I know you're not a big person about your birthday but it is almost Elva's birthday everybody it is. July 4th I am born on the 4th of July I'm getting old. I'm, I think I've, I turned 38, which I think I have to accept means I am in my late thirties. I was clinging on to the mid thirties with 37, but I think I'm in my late thirties and I'm going gray. Um, but, but no, I shouldn't complain. Gosh, I'm, 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 I'm a hell of a lot healthier than I was this time last year. So that's gotta be a yeah. positive. Yeah. yeah. Let's chat about how are you feeling? Have you had, you're feeling pretty good. Any flare-ups what's going on with you endo wise? Oh, I mean, we chat about this a bit, don't we? Kind of offline of this. It's kind of knowing, learning to know what a flare is now, if there if there is. I think I've definitely have had some some dips, I'd call them. Um, um, just one thing I've noticed has crept back in a bit is that old familiar feeling of a lot of brain fog sometimes. But again, mm-hmm. when I don't have a, a period anymore, it's hard to track my cycle. So yeah. I've just been trying to keep up the supplements that I've been taking. I don't have any major pain, but, you know, I think we get used to there being pain somewhere on and off, but um, overall I'm good. I've had another ovarian cyst. I don't know if we mentioned that last time. Um, And I think look, loads of people listening will know that they come up and they go down and sometimes they hang around for longer. And my last one hung around for a long time. It was pretty big. Um, And my body's just worked it out. So, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm just, I'm trying to not dwell too much. Um, I'm just taking it day by day. Yeah, I'm good. I think that's you? that's good. Yeah, I've been feeling good. I had a little bit of a flare up. I think it was last weekend. Um, I don't know. I've been stressed, so I think it could have contributed to it, and maybe working just a little bit too much. So I just was like you said, like the brain fog and extreme fatigue and just pain. And really for me, it's like the nausea that gets me so bad. Like I just could not really eat for three days. Um, but then I started to feel better. I also think that I potentially may have a cyst. So I am getting an ultrasound next week. I was able, I, they, they couldn't get me in for an appointment. They were really busy, but I called this morning because the receptionist gave me a great tip. She was like, call super early in the morning, a couple times and check in for cancellations. And someone did cancel next week. So I'm able to get in next week. I mean, I don't know that it's going to really change anything, but it is just kind of a nice to know to see if that maybe is contributing to why I wasn't feeling so good as well. But, um, same as you, like, I just try to take it day by day and make sure I'm taking my supplements, but on those days that I don't feel well, I I also just really forced taking care of myself, which in the past I would not be historically good. I would just really push through. Um, but we did have plans to see some friends for dinner and I did motivate to, to do that. And I felt, but I did feel better just kind of getting out and Mm. for a little bit. But. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard, isn't it? You, I, I'm not saying anyone should ever force themselves because there's plenty no. of times you just don't go out. But sometimes it is that bit different. Sometimes it is that thing that you need, even if you do kind of, I used to always worry that I'd be the person sitting there not eating or the person sitting there and I'd have to go home early. And yeah. I've just dropped that and gone, well, go and go home early, but, but go if you can, but not everyone yeah. always can. But And cancel I, if you have to cancel. Like that's, I've, I've been up to the minute. I don't know about you where I've been like, 
I don't think I can do it. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to go. And then I won't or I will. And I know that's that. I think that's that life that you kind of we you just adapt to. And I think it's the same for anyone with, you know, conditions that roll on for years is that you just you I think you've got to learn to just kind of forgive yourself and accept that you are sometimes that person who's just not going to make something. And I think the guilt you feel is worse than the annoyance that it causes someone else. Yeah. The others are probably just like, oh, we'll see her again. Um, You're the one who's kind of thinking, oh, you know, I've let people down. So we've got to drop that. But are you tracking symptoms much? Because we've talked about this lot. Yeah. Definitely guilty of I am too good. Well, and I really that last flare motivated me to do a better job because years ago, I don't know if I've told I'm sure I've told the story on the podcast, but years ago I was dealing with nausea, but I wasn't tracking anything and I was just living day to day. And then I started to work with a a trainer, a strength trainer, because I was trying to get stronger. And part of that was tracking my food. And I started tracking my food every day and realized like some days, like I literally was not eating that much, but when I was in my day to day, I just didn't even notice. Like I was just going on. I was really busy at work. I was traveling. I was doing all the stuff. And then I started to track the days. He asked me to start tracking the days that I felt nauseous. And I said, okay. So then I just on the notes app and my phone just started making notes like June 1st to this June 2nd. And I realized like, I believe it was like between 50 and 70% of the month I felt nauseous. And that was kind of my indicator that something was really going on. So when I had this recent flare up, I was like, okay, Melissa, like you have to start tracking again. So just because I did go down the dark hole a little bit where I started Googling reoccurrence of endometriosis and, you know, started reading scientific (laughs) papers and freaking myself out and, you know, something that we've talked about is like, especially I'm at like that eight month point after surgery and nerves are starting to wake up. Things are starting to, to, you know, full healing. I feel like comes in this time frame, And I think there are going to be things that still come up and pains and whatever. And so I was like, all right, I'll track because first off the tracking could give me comfort because I realize it's only happening cyclically or that it's not happening as often as I think, or I could see a pattern where I'm feeling not as well more often. And then I know I need to like alert my doctor. So I downloaded an app called simple. I think it's S M P Y L. Yeah. Okay. It's abbreviated and it's free. You can also pay for it. It was $9 for life. I ended up paying the $9 for life because if the, on the free version, I think you only get to track like four to five symptoms, but on the paid version, again, $9, it was totally worth it. It's not renewal. It's forever. Um, you can add as many symptoms as you want. So I really enjoyed that. And it sends me a reminder in the morning and at night. So I can just say like nauseous headache, um, abdominal pain, you know, lower back pain, whatever. So I just, I I've been tracking with that and I, you know, like I had a bad headache yesterday and I was like, oh, I didn't try. And so I went back and like quickly just logged it because I just want to see if this is happening cyclically, which I believe it is, but I don't, I haven't been tracking the data and I'm someone who tells everyone to track. So I'm <laughs> getting back on the the tracking horse. But it is. And I think it's, it's about, I think everyone finds an app they want to use themselves. I've looked at a few too. And then I did a phone switch a while ago. And you know, when mm-hmm. it logs you back out of apps, mm-hmm. I've kind of forgotten. But one thing I, I missed, and I'm not a technical person is that a lot of them don't have these reminders. And I agree that we get 
bombarded with reminders from our phones about loads of different things but with something like that you really do need reminders because even on a day when you're not feeling well the first thing you think of isn't necessarily that I need to track this it's all I just need to get through this (laughs) I mean even if you don't use an app one thing that I did is I bought like a teeny tiny notebook that sat next to my bed for years and I would just at the end of the night write the date and then write and then how bad it was you know and I I have a few of those little notebooks, but I wanted something that reminded me because now the notebook like is sitting with a gratitude journal and a book. And it's just like at night, then I have like these 10 things. I Cut a do book of books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, I need to just, you need a person who just, you know, <laughs> asks you these questions. <laughs> uh, they kind of, you know, it's, it's, wouldn't that be amazing if there was a person who literally reminded you to do everything? Oh my God. That would be I, so, I, that's I the mean, goal in life. But I mean, it is the tracking thing is is so important because it, it it's only when and, and actually and we'll probably get onto this in a minute, but it's only when you get to needing something like an appointment with one of your doctors that you realize the value in it. I get it. Sometimes you're sitting there going, Does it really have I had and value to me this month knowing that I felt this, this, and this on these days? No, it's it, it's the bigger picture. And and I've definitely learned that the bigger picture counts when it gets to appointments because you go in and you're just hey, you're so confident, but you've got this wealth of knowledge. And yes. sometimes if they are a bit, I'm not, not not speaking negatively, but if they're kind of a bit kind of like, well, eh, that's probably nothing, you're going, but hold on this is for months now or they might say to you well how often are you feeling this and you're able to go here like look I, I have literally got all of this kind of data you know to, to support it mm-hmm. um so it's yeah I think do the tracking again it doesn't matter if you miss a few days but try and sure. do it all the time yeah and I like it does what, help again what I like about this app and I'm not trying to sell it to anyone or I'm not sponsored by it or anything like that but it has a feature where you can email yourself to kind of a log. So you can, oh, okay. which is, I think is great. So you can email it and then you could potentially send it to your doctor. And, you know, that gets into a little bit of our, our topic today is we want to talk about like how to advocate for yourself and how to chat with your doctor. But first we are going to take a quick break and I know and thank everyone who's been listening for so long. And I know there's now commercials on the show. Um, I did join a podcast network and I, I've mentioned it briefly on a few other shows. We are working to hopefully tailor those spots to fit the show more appropriately. Um, so thank you for your patience in that process. But we're going to take a quick break right now and we will be right back. And we're back. Alva, welcome back. Thank you. I'm here. I'm still here. You're still here. So we want to talk about how to talk with your doctor. And then also there was an article that came out in a magazine that I thought was helpful on like how you, you know, things that your friends and family, like you could say to them or they could say to you to support, which I think is just necessary. I'm sure Alva and I both have a lot of stories of people who are trying to be helpful, but they just say the wrong things and, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, maybe we'll record a separate show on that, actually thinking about it, because then I feel like our listeners could 
we'll do that for the next album, mm-hmm. Melissa Across the Pond, because actually I feel like that would be really helpful for people to just give a friend or family like, hey, listen to this from people who have lived through it like I am. And, you know, that way maybe friends and family could listen and say things a little bit more gently. True. I think what I loved about this article was um, it's how, and it's funny because the, I think the, the publication of the website is called shape but to me that's the word because it's reshaped how maybe we explain it too so yes. it's like don't instantly put um you know the criticism on the way someone's reacting it's like actually take a step back are you actually explaining what's going on with you correctly because yeah. maybe you're not you know and we're all not maybe announcing how we feel well the right way and it's like reframe it a little bit reshape it and see so I think it'd be good for a discussion alone but but the, it kind of, well, it kind of leads on to the doctor's thing, because I think similarly, it's a similar kind of situation where you're having to stand there and be quite vulnerable and tell someone that you don't feel well. Um, it's a bit different when it's a doctor because you're looking for something from them, whereas with friends and family, you're looking just for support. But I think equally, you do want to get some support from a medic. I think one big thing for me, I would say, is that um, I think once you find the right person, what's equally important to the medical part is to build a rapport, you know, and, and you need to be comfortable and uncomfortable going into that, you know, that doctor's surgery or, or wherever it is. Um, well, and you, and you can't, can't really feel, get that until you get to know them. A bit. Yeah. And you can't feel guilty. So, you know, Elva sent me a video about like people, people in Ireland <laughs> and how they feel, you know, guilty about all of the things, but I was actually so relatable because in the beginning, when I started going down this path, like I would be like, Oh, you know, sometimes I just don't feel good. You have to go in and be vulnerable and be honest and be blunt almost. And I, I still struggle with that. I mean, I'm much better now, but you know, just even the culture where Elva is, is everybody is just wants to be so kind, right? Like, is that part of when people go into the doctor, they don't want to be like, no, I don't feel good. You also don't want to tell someone, I guess what they know are, or there's a, there's a respect thing, like, you know, respect Mm -hmm. elders, respect people. And I hate to say certain professions, but I suppose it's positions of authority. We're terrible about it. I mean, we would apologize for everything. And that video is hilarious because it's this woman who's a comedian, but she's me because all she's asking is someone to pass her the salt. And there's like a 90 second run up to like, I'm really sorry. I just am really, I'm so sorry. And I really do not mean to interrupt. And I hope you understand that's us. And I have done that. I have done that in, in, in doctor's offices, but I think one thing that I've tried to every time I go into the room it's nearly like a pep talk with myself beforehand is to just say hold on these people mostly have come into this as not even a job as a vocation they they really want to help and they really want to treat and probably over years and long years and long shifts maybe they do get tired but I think everybody does want to help but sometimes what we don't go in with maybe is the right again are we going in with the right approach ourselves why are we going in so apologetic or are we taking enough of an interest in it so you might not want to be as much of a nerd as me about endo and this condition but like take an active interest and go in asking questions because you want to know more rather than are you going to fix me and are you going to cure me and is this going to be over soon because it's probably not. And you're going to have to work with this person maybe over a few years. You might only see them once a year, but you've got to build this rapport. So go in kind of like you're trying to maybe like get to know this person a little bit too. And obviously then you've got to bring all your questions and your information. And, and then part of that leads on to the, another thing, which is be prepared. 
Yeah. And like I the think symptom tracking. For sure. I think the challenging thing is that our whole lives, we look up to doctors and people of authority for answers, right? And we feel like we should just be able to go in there and be like, this is what's happening. And they're going to say, we need to do this, 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 and this. And unfortunately with this disease specifically and others that just don't have the awareness that they absolutely deserve, we have to go in armed, which I know I talk about on the show all the time. And And I know that that's difficult and challenging and especially about something that is potentially taboo or not talked about as much specifically, you know, things around your cycle, like it can be Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And I understand that completely, but what we've found is that exactly what you said, Alva, like do, you're going to have to do your research. And I know it's hard and difficult, especially when you're starting out and coming in like, like I would say, armed and prepared with your symptoms, with a symptom tracker, with a log, with all of your medical records and very clearly stated, this is the pain. This is what it feels like. This is when it happens and just be very matter of fact and blunt about it. The other thing I think is really good. And it's something that I just learned over time is to give them a baseline. Cause I was really guilty of not giving them my baseline when I used to go again, I've talked maybe last year when I was your kind of initially a guest about changing doctors quite a bit because of living in an NHS structure in the UK for years. But um, I now would always give someone a baseline. So I would go in and say, for example, like, you know, not even specific to pain ratings, but like I run and I like to run so I can comfortably run for a couple of hours. I can, feel muscle pain I can feel fatigue I'm I'm someone who's I can sprain my ankle and I can run on or give them a baseline of how say fit you are give them a baseline of what you're used to um and then work from that so I would sometimes now go into my doctor and be able to say I can't run and he will immediately be like okay she can't run she can't or I'd say I can't you know do x or the other thing with pain I think is tell them about its severity mm-hmm. but you know about what it how's the impact on your life because it's very easy to sit there I mean nearly everyone who's going to go to someone about endo is going to come in with the word pain mm-hmm. but what does that mean to you so right. it's like I've had pain yesterday I'll have pain in my bowel still but I don't register it as feeling pain it's like a niggle mm-hmm. whereas there's a difference between that and when pain feels I don't want to sound dramatic but like intrinsically wrong there is something very wrong inside me or pain, you know, level. If you don't want to rate pain on scales, I often rate it on, is it pain that needs rest? Is it pain that needs painkillers or is it pain that needs hospital? You know, and luckily I've only needed that a few times, but like, is this pain that needs me to just slow down or is this pain that needs some sort of treatment and kind of use that as a tracker too. So be able to say like, those days were knocked out because you're probably going to be going in going, I'm in pain every day. And to them, that just means nothing. Yeah. No. And I, I like that you said the baseline too, like normally I can walk two miles a day, but recently I can only walk to the corner and and those things happened to me. Like there would be a point where I was, I love to walk and I feel like that's a great way for me to just get moving. But there was a point where like, I literally would get two blocks away and was started limping like that. You know, that is an indicator that something is going on. And I did walk in and say, you know, going back to that story I was talking about with the nausea, I went in and said, I feel nauseous 
like 60 to 80% of the month. Like that is not normal. I did not feel that way three months ago. I've lost X amount of weight or I've gained X mm-hmm. amount of weight. This is not normal for me. Something is wrong. And here are the data points. Again, I know that that is challenging, but with this disease and the awareness is in my opinion, getting better. But for now, we still have to to fight with those data points with not fight, but just really come in with all of that data. And the other point that I really wanted to make was if someone's not listening to you or if you're not feeling heard or they're not respecting you, it's okay to find another doctor. Yes, absolutely. Or I mean, maybe years ago, this wasn't so okay, but I've had my own doctor say to me, do you want to speak to someone else about this? When it was about a particularly complex surgery, Mm -hmm. um, when I asked him the very important question, which people don't ask, and I said, how often have you done this? Mm -hmm. Because he explained how complex it was. And I said, if it's that complex, how often have you done this? Luckily, he was able to say, I do this every week. But if he didn't, but he did say to me, if you want to go see someone, there's someone else I recommend. Now, he's very open and he's, you know, he's, but um don't be afraid to say and and by the way the old world of going getting a second opinion meaning you cannot come back to that original doctor I I think is gone it's certainly gone a lot here or that I've heard of with lots of people I've spoken to because sometimes the second opinion just brings you back to that person anyway never be worried about asking a second opinion um never also be worried about um something I got good at as well is speaking to my own your, you say family doctor, but my GP, if you have a good relationship with them, about when you come back from a consultant, just because you've been referred on from your primary care pathway or whatever we call, you know, you call them into the kind of consultant level, you've still got a GP who knows you a lot over the years. Like they know if you've had ear infections and all your vaccination records, like lean on them. They might not be an expert in endo, but say to them, what would you think of that report? And I've I've gotten really good at that and struck up a really good report. And it's also added a layer to when I do go to my GP that they also have a really good understanding of just what day-to-day has been like for me too. So bring other physicians into it. You know, that's what multidisciplinary is all about. You know, this all takes time. Like it's very easy for us to sit here and give these all as as tips, Melissa, but it it does take time, I guess. You know, I think, um, I think it's just, I, I we've said this so many times before you're, you're going to find someone at some point who'll be right for you. And a lot of that will be medical and experience, but some of it's going to be the person too. Yeah. How often do you hear people say that? Oh, I just really, I suddenly found the person who got me. That was more about their understanding than their, maybe their, even their medical experience. They just got it. I think you have to think about it almost like not an interview process, but you don't have to stick with this one person, especially if they maybe don't have an understanding. And one of the questions that I really like to ask too, you know, in the beginning, you might be, like you said, just seeing your GP or your family doctor, and then they refer you to somebody else. And, you know, you're having to repeat the story and over and over again, which can be very, very painful. I've also recommended in addition to for people who it's painful for them to reaccount everything they've been through, mm-hmm. make a video. Yeah. And, yeah. And you told it. me to do that last year. And I yeah. was like, ah, I can't do that. You were make like, make a yeah. video record. And I mean, just because if you only want to do it once and, and just show them the video, but then the other thing is, is ask them like, how many patients have you treated with endometriosis? And if you're considering surgery or you're talking to a surgeon, 
how many endometriosis surgeries a year do you do? You know, just see what they're, how familiar they are. It's okay to ask these questions. You should not feel bad asking these questions. It's your health. It's your life. Like, and you need to feel comfortable with the person that you're going to be working with. This is, you know, someone who's going to be working in tandem with you to help feel better. And, And the other thing is like, bring someone again, maybe not it doesn't maybe isn't an appointment that suits everybody but bring someone I remember at one particular appointment bringing my husband actually he came to a couple last year because they were kind of you know more serious but I remember the last one saying to him these and I had a piece of paper the night before I remember talking to you about Mm -hmm. this I was like I am not leaving this room and I'm not paying this money (laughs) until I come out with these answers yeah um and I remember even and this will go against all the Irish but um I remember at one point asking a question and it wasn't my consultant being rude, but he just skipped on to something else. And I was mortified because my husband went, I'm sorry, you didn't answer all this question there. I just remember, I was like, oh my God, my mother would kill him. And I just thought, oh my God, you can't do that. And then I was like, no, he can. And and it was great because he spotted that I hadn't had that question answered because I was so in that moment. Of course. I was thinking about like that. You're thinking about like the consequences and, you know, so yeah, if you're confident enough, bring someone, you know, and okay, COVID is a bit different, but ask in advance, am I able to bring someone? Or another thing you've told me to do before, ask, can you just record some stuff? Now, I don't know how that works. We GDPR over the side of the world and everything, but just ask, just say, look, I'm really sorry. Or dial someone in the room and have it on speakerphone. Yes. Yep. Both of those are great tips and come with your questions written. You know, what are maybe the top five things you want to know? What is our treatment plan? Mm. What are the side effects? What are the potential symptoms that I may receive from this? Or if it's a surgery, how long is the recovery? You know, all of these questions that you may have in your head, you have the right to have the answer to it. Just like that, I, that story, Alva, that you just told, like you came, you came with your questions and said, I'm not leaving this appointment until they're (laughs) answered, you know, and I got kicked out of the room. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it is, it's challenging to have to stand up for yourself that way. And I mean, my husband and I have walked out of doctor's appointments before we legitimately have walked out, which is embarrassing and uncomfortable but at the end of the day it's my life and my health so if I'm talking to someone who's not going to provide the right care is not listening and understanding what I'm going through then it's time to move on yeah I think it is I think look it's preparation and but the other thing is that go in with a positive attitude when you can and I've been trying to work on that a lot lately kind of go in with like I'm gonna get something good out of this but they're hard the doctor's appointments are hard and again it's all I say this every time we talk we always sound like these two smug people sitting here going we've got it all sorted and we've got these doctors who are great I've this is I'm not gonna name names but I've had some pretty awful doctor's experiences over the years um you know in multiple countries and again I would never say that they were bad medics they were the wrong people from my condition and my symptoms and it took years to get kind of where I'm at so you know reach out to people and 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 like that if you if if anyone's listening and they want example questions to ask there's loads of them on the internet but by all means reach out to me and Melissa and you know we can I can give you my (laughs) list of questions I ask you might get kicked out of a doctor's room (laughs) but um 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like those are a few good ones to start with a few that we discussed and just gather your medical records as well and make sure you bring them with you. I know I've said this in the past, but I literally have a giant binder that I bring if I'm seeing someone for the first time and it did take years. I mean, I'm pretty sure if I counted and I did not count before the show, um, I've seen at least 10 or more physicians trying to, to, to find the right person. So it's challenging. But if you, if you look back, some of that, you probably, and I don't mean to insult you, some of that's got to be your learning and what you didn't know at the time. So it's so great that there's loads of support and loads of information and loads of podcasts and loads of stuff that people are, it might, I'm hoping like it knocks two or three doctors off everybody's list. (laughs) Again, this was back when, you know, endo really wasn't talked about as much. I've been, you know, 20 years dealing with this, but I will say that even talking with people on the show who are just starting on their, their story with endo, they're being told some of the same things that I was told when I was 20, which is very disappointing. And you know, I did see a bowel doctor here probably only a year and a half um, after my bowel surgery. And he, I'm going to just say it, he was a total asshole and didn't understand endo. And I left there crying as empowered as I know, am, as I know how to answer questions. It still happened to me. And I was, you know, I just, he just talked down to me. Like, I didn't know what I was talking about. And I was like, well, I had a bowel resection. I mean, he just, he didn't understand what I was saying and he didn't understand the disease. And I left so angry and I went to my car and cried. And that was, I don't know, two years ago. So unfortunately it can still happen, but it's just, I bounced back. I found someone new, you know, like I just was just done with him, but it still happened even to someone who knows all the right questions to ask and how to be firm. Like it can still happen just like it can happen anywhere in life. I mean, at work where someone talks to you in a nasty way, you know, I'm sensitive, but when it's around my health, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's, I think that's hard. And I think, you know, what? I think like we said earlier on that the, the getting support and explaining it to people is a separate discussion and it will Mm -hmm. be a good one because I think probably what you need, and it takes time to learn. I I think it took me a couple of years after even, you know, diagnosis to actually learn what do I want to call this and what do I want to explain this myself? Um, and until you're kind of confident what that is you're not going to go out and kind of project it confidently so we talk about being really empowered but yeah it's, we're, hard. We're, it's still it's still kind of new to a lot of people and and they kind of you're worried about kind of saying the wrong thing or we're doing something I guess for me you know not closing this but closing the kind of whole doctor thing is just yeah, it's just, it's be confident. And confidence to me doesn't mean that you know everything about the disease. Confidence is just in you and your body because yeah. whether you've known you've had endo for 20 years or whether you've probably had it for 20 years, but only known you've had it for two months, you've had it and you've been in it and through it just because it didn't have a label or a name. And you know those symptoms and you know what you've been feeling. So you're able to document it with or without that diagnosis. Or if you've not been diagnosed yet, just really put your baseline again down there and know what your your kind of level playing field looks like and what your life is like on good days and bad days. And then no matter who you're speaking to about it, they kind of know, you know, is it good or bad time for you? 
and that's probably as, as as good as you can get really with this is is for people to learn what your your normal is and no pun intended but trust your gut I mean really mm. my gut has never I mean I did have surgery with a doctor who I kind of had a weird feeling about and it ended up coming to fruition um that he was not the right doctor but yeah. tr trust your gut like you'll have a gut feeling if you have a good connection with someone or you if you don't feel good and you know you don't feel good there's something probably wrong and going yeah. on and you know in your heart it's just now yeah. you have to take those steps to to get to the next space yeah and it can work out it can there can be positive doctor visits Definitely. Yes, I know. I'm not talking about, and then I've had amazing doctor's visits too. Yeah. So yeah, not to be all doom and gloom, but no, I've had great visits where someone sat with me for an hour and held my hand and talked and understood and validated everything mm. too. So they're out there. Yeah. I think the only other thing I'd add, and I forgot to mention this earlier is it's, and it's so different because we'll have people listening from loads of different systems and stuff like that. But if costs are involved, at the consult end and we i think we, there's a lot of this happens in the uk where you can at least go and see the consultant privately but then the treatment would be on the public list it's very easy for me to sit here in the position i'm in my life to say to spend that money but sometimes it is even a second appointment with that same person don't be afraid to ask to go back and discuss again especially if it comes to a treatment option so if someone has proposed a surgery in particular or a drug treatment a hormonal treatment do not be embarrassed to ring back up and say I'm really sorry, but before I go ahead, I would just like to speak to them once more. Yes, you might get a bit of a snooty response of they're very busy, but no, if especially and if it involves some money, I guess what I'm just saying is if it's 150, 200 euros, dollars, pounds, whatever, that is a lot of money. But sometimes you sit down and go, I spent that on that weekend away or I bought that handbag two, three months ago. And that was my thing. It's your body. If it comes down to a few hundred pounds. And it means that you will have really big confidence. Go back and speak. You don't, it doesn't have to be a one-time visit. When it's something this important, you can have them go through it again. Yeah. So yep, just consider that. Very, very good advice for sure. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Elva, happy almost birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank you so much. we will be back on in August. And yeah, August, you know, we will chat about, we will make an episode on, you know, great things to say for friends and family and loved ones yeah. and support ones or, or how they can maybe listen, reframe or understand from patients perspective. Exactly. Sounds good. Thanks oh, for listening. Everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. And I hope everyone's feeling okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate your support, listening in, and all of your positive feedback. It means so much to me. If you'd like to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. If you could do that on Apple Podcasts, that helps us get more guests, helps us get higher search ranking, and I just really appreciate all of that good feedback because it helps people discover the Cycle Podcast. Also, if you want to keep the conversation going, please join the Facebook group. There is the link in the show notes, and it's just a group, a very small group of people who listen to the podcast and guests who have been on the podcast if you want to further the conversation. And lastly, 
This podcast is not a replacement for medical advice or treatment, so always have to put that disclaimer in there. Please always, always talk to your doctor. And thank you so much for listening, supporting the cycle. It means everything to me. And I just hope that this is helping you and you're feeling okay today. Thank you again. Thank you.